Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to ASMR. You've been waiting. Is that why you want to do this podcast so that you can do that? Summer 2018, I traveled more than any other time of my life. In a two-month span, I probably spent a total of 12 to 15 nights in my own bed. I was on a weekend music tour, flying out every Friday and then flying back every Sunday. But I was also flying out for speaking engagements during the week and then flying back. So I was doing about four flights a week, y'all. A week, y'all. A week. My home was more of a free laundromat than anything else. My bedroom felt more like hotels than hotels. And that year was already shaping up months before to be a pretty tough year for me mentally even without the traveling. And that mixed with the feeling of free falling through the country didn't make it in. And then that leads into this situation that's brewing on top of or beneath all of this, however you want to look at it. And guys, guys can relate to that, that feeling of, of trying to get back with your ex and you're feeling really hopeful for a while. Like you think you probably got this in the bag. You've played out situations in your mind of how this conversation will go in your favor. And you're making desperate attempts to make a love thing a thing again. But then comes that one conversation that lets you know, nah, bruh, she's done, done. Like, done. Well done. No pink. He's burnt done. On top of my character flaws, she just realized that she doesn't want to be with the traveling artist. She just wants a normal relationship or marriage where 
people are in the same city. Don't have to wait for someone to get off tour. Even if you've grown and changed, and it seems like you have, I don't want to date an artist. And my body felt those words. I was gaining a lot of popularity and success in public, but felt like privately I was failing at everything I really wanted to do, including love. And a few hours after that conversation with her, after that phone call, my friend Natalie sat in a bar stool next to me in my kitchen. She knew how much this hurt. And I don't remember all the words that she said to me that evening. But I do remember praying to God. And she listened to my mumbled monotone pleads to him and I cried and in between my words I heard Natalie crying with me and that moment has forever been placed into the highlight reel of our friendship What's going on, family? My name is Joseph Solomon. I'm a singer, songwriter, poet, spoken word artist, YouTuber, lifelong student, ever doubtful Christian, frequent flyer, ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Welcome to the fourth flight. This is the fourth flight of the Flights and Feelings podcast, season one, where we thoughtfully and vulnerably travel through faith, relationships, sexuality, science, health, and culture via storytelling, poetry, and conversation. Okay, so I'll try to keep today's travel tip short. Today's flight tip is mobile passport app, which I'm suggesting with a little bit of an attitude because they just recently discontinued this in Atlanta, which just completely baffles me. I don't get it. But basically, the mobile passport is a free app that allows you to expedite your U.S. custom screening process expeditiously, as T.I. would say, uh, when you are re-entering the United States. When you enter the U.S. from international travel, usually you have to wait in these long lines just to get to one of those kiosks and declare a bunch of stuff and take your photo and all that, whatever. But if you download the official mobile passport app, you can do all of that straight from your phone. And then when you arrive in the U.S., you look for the mobile passport signs. It is a genie. All right. Now, this app only saves your info for a very short amount of time. I think it's like an hour or four hours, something like that. You have to be pretty close to landing um, before you put this info in unless you want to pay for it. It saves it all the time. So you basically have to wait until you land, get some service on your phone, and then put all your info in, take your photo with your phone, and you're good. 
And when you get to this line, y'all, I've never seen more than like five to seven people in line. It's it's crazy. The fact that it's free, I think they're just not pubbing it enough. Maybe that's why they discontinued in Atlanta. I don't know. People just didn't catch on to it. And it was free. And sometimes it's even faster than global entry membership, which that costs like $100 a year. This can save you a ton of time re-entering the States. And it's only available at select airports. So you got to go to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection website to see if the airport that you re-enter through has it. And that's today's flight tip. So today I brought on a very special guest. She's my label mate, A&R, business partner, extremely accomplished songwriter with a catalog of hits. I know you've heard something from it and you just didn't know she wrote it. Uh, creative genius, entrepreneur, first female guest of the Flights and Feelings podcast, hopefully a reoccurring guest. And she's just a really good close friend of mine, Natalie Lauren Sims. And she has a new jammy jam out right now called Something Something. It's the single from her up and coming debut project. Follow her at Natalie Lauren Sims. And because we're so close, people are always dropping little nosy questions in the comments section about our friendship. And I figured we'd go ahead and get it out of the way and talk about it. So we decided to talk about friendships in general, uh, but also touching on male female friendships, the platonic relationships that men and women may have. And this was a really great conversation that we had. We had a three hour talk y'all at her loft in downtown Atlanta, just chilling. And there's so many other topics that we talked about too. And I'm just going to try to break them up into other podcasts, but this is the friendship part of that conversation. Let's talk about how many people low-key ask me, are we talking, before they ask me to hook them up with you. People ask you if people we're dating ask, before so they say, okay. Now, I think people now kind of know it's not, like if people don't know us, then I think they automatically just assume because people are just awkward and don't even have healthy relationships. That's another thing. But there are literally girls who'll be like, yeah, yo boy Joe or what? And I'm like, yeah, it's my friend. And they're like, so. Let's first talk about how come I haven't heard about these individuals you haven't. You need to be glad that I'm filtering through. Oh, so they're not. Yeah. And it's, it's, okay. it's just, I know you. People see you and they think, let's, let's, look at him. He fine. He's six, seven. He cut his mustache off. <laughs> it's a little weird sometimes, but. It's cute. No facial hair, but that's fine. He's kind of got a nice physique. Uh, he love God. Look at him. He's singing and strumming on his old banjo. I know you. You're a great. You're a great guy. No, no, don't try to be nice now. Don't try to come back with a nice thing. Go no, I just know you. Okay. So it's just like I know what you, to some degree, from our conversations, from being in your life when you have dated, you know, in your past relationships with people that you have dated. Mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of know the type of person that a broad type of person. Yeah. And I just know when it's not that. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I just kind of. So, but you also, that gives you, you know, how to look out too. So I'm mean, just saying, you know, look out for your boys. All I'm saying. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. You know, for a while you was a bit shallow, but you came, you, what? Balanced, you balanced it. 
You balanced it back. You brought it back. Okay. You brought it back. Now you're just a good, you a good guy. You're a good guy. Uh, by the way, uh, people, stop befriending my female friends for the sake of trying to, I, this, you're not the first person to tell me this. I've had several of my close female friends, married or unmarried, come to me and say, hey, people. I are, am your closest female friend. Okay. Establish that. Uh, when was the last time I saw you? That's not what we're talking about. When was the last time I saw you, Natalie? A couple of weeks. Who was supposed to be my first uh, a guest on my podcast? I was. And what episode are we on now? You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. That If that's the mark of friendship, then. It is. It's my it's passion, not. baby. Care about my baby. Um, Take care of your own kids. Touche. All right. I remember that. So, yeah, we like there are people who uh, oftentimes, anytime I post a picture of us or I comment on a photo or whatever it may be, there's always this like, yo, so like, why don't you talk to Natalie Lauren Sims? I don't know why I just said your full name like that or whatever. And there's always this assumption that people can't be male and female and just genuinely be cool. Like there's always something on the on the backs. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that when people come, like say those things? I never, we never talked about this before. It's kind of funny, but I, I think I'm at the point where it's less annoying than it is for you. It's very because I feel like for you, it also kind of blocks. Maybe people are just like, I feel like it's a little block. Oh, oh no, I still got it. No, no, it's no, not girl, what I'm. Just, oh still my DM god, me. I'm fight you. No, what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't really care to respond to it because it's like I'm not. I'm I'm very private to some degree. And so I think you are too. And yeah. so whether or not Ironically. I'm very transparent, but also just yeah, I think private. I don't really care. Because yeah. it's just like I feel like people just have no clue. And I think it's it's more telling of them because I mm. think they probably don't have close male friends yeah. or male relationships. And uh and I real I think it's also in Christian this little Christian mm-hmm. bubble thing that like Unfortunately, women have been made to be uh, I, like predators to some degree. Mm. Like you cannot get too close to a woman because she may tempt you to fall. She, yeah. You know, what does a healthy female male relationship look like when two people are not married or when one is married? I mean, obviously there's some, you know, nuances when a person is married. It's yeah. a level of respect just yeah. in consideration you want to have for both parties. But I feel like in the Christian space, it's. It's just heightened. It's like if you see two single people, it's like the highest level of, I don't know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just like it's this heightened level of awareness mm. that these are two different sexes interacting. And I think that's like, it, it, it makes me wonder, okay, clearly you can have different uh, vibes with, you know, different women, right? Like you're like, this is my friend or whatever. But if you get married, then there's only one woman that you can even vibe with in, yeah. in any kind of way. And that yeah. cuts off like, you know, so many different um, possibilities of like what friendship can offer, yeah. even in marriage, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I guess for me, I guess it's, anno- it's annoying because in my mind, I don't even think about it like that, probably because I see some, like in my own circles, I see like Ezekiel and Jeanette and they're super close. Yeah. Like, 
and their spouse is like it's like a totally but i think cool people thing. give you a pass when it's two married people because it's like oh no two yeah. married people they're not gonna you know when you think ezekiel janet like he's like oh no they're both married and they post their spouses i think when you have two single people it's like oh no they must be having some type of secret situation or yeah i, I do think it's in the christian space because my brother um he has amazing brian has like so many amazing female friends mm. it's just like their community is is so rich and so diverse. It's like I I I kind of crave that in a way that I don't feel like I think I have access to that in Atlanta. I got I have great male friends. Like I have as many male friends as I have female friends. Yeah. And the relationships are just as rich. I just think at this point, I don't know. I don't think I will have any new male friends. I mean, mm. Will is probably my newest male friend because he's my roommate. Yeah. But outside of that. See, that's weird. Oh yeah, like, people are like, free. I'm pretty sure everybody's like, that, "What? You got, got a male roommate?" It's like, yes, like go, go sit down. But I think you're you're unique in a sense of like, since I've known you, like the, the relationship that you have with KB, y'all are like super close, and he's married, and you and Swoop are like close. You're closer. I feel like you're closer to them two than you are to me. So it looks weird for people how you interact with me. But if they saw the way, like you're, I feel like. Much closer. You've known them much longer mm-hmm. and gone through a lot more stuff with Swoop and KB. And it's like the intimacy level there yeah. is even is even higher. And so I like I think people are just they don't know how to navigate that. And I think too, like when I think about somebody like KB, who was my friend before he was married, and so like I watched him meet Michelle and get married, and they are both very close to me. It's like I'm his friend, and I'm always going to be you know, one of his best friends, but Michelle is the closest person to him. Right. And I'll and I'll never be that. And and I and it's not even that he's looking, you know what I'm saying? Like I think in friendships, there are different spaces and different roles that you get to play. And it's like he may not go and have, you know, a eight hour business creative ideation conversation with Michelle. But when he finishes that creative ideation, he wants to go home to his wife where he ain't talking about no creative ideation. He just want to be up under her. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, I don't know, the beauty of having multiple friends and just, I don't know, a a space that's not just romantic. And it's just like the height of male and female interaction can't just be marriage because that will be sad. That, That will be very sad. Yeah. Because uh, people will not experience that. There are a lot of people who will not be married. Black women are the lowest. Like when it comes to, I guess, statistics, we are the last the to get married, married right now. Least married people. Group. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like that's a very sad reality. If the only intimate relationships and experiences that you will have with males is via marriage, then mm. you rob us of being able to just love on. The black men, period, right? Mm. To affirm them, to share intimate experiences that are not sexual and that that are respectful and don't cross boundaries. And there's a joy that I get from my male friends that is not romantic or sexual at all. It's just like, these is my niggas. These are my brothers. And it, it gives me a confidence that I'm not, I don't, I'm not as thirsty for compliments in that way you know what I'm saying because the richness of my friendships I am affirmed by women I am affirmed by males and it just feels like oh my friends love me they affirm me I don't necessarily have to go searching for that but I feel like we rob people of that because marriage is the height and it's just like that's why yeah 
I think sometimes when we want everything to be wrapped up in one person, then you put so much um, pressure on that one person to be everything to you that a man is that can be, right? So, for instance, um, you know, if you marry a man who's like you want to be around creative people, men and women, right? But maybe you marry somebody who's not a creative, like, all right, so now you, because that person is not a creative, like, they're now they're maybe they're out of the out of the running because mm-hmm. they're not a creative mm-hmm. or whatever versus like well no no he doesn't have to be a creative like i have creative yeah. male friends yeah. that sort of feel that quote unquote void where i don't have to feel yeah. like this one person has to fulfill like all these these different yeah. cravings or needs that i have yeah. male or female you know because i know this is a inclusive po- is this an inclusive podcast yeah. yeah, I don't know what you mean by inclusive. No, I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, no one person. Whether people well, yeah. are talking about marrying men, women, whatever. I'm just saying. Like, no one person should fulfill and can fulfill my every desire. Like, yeah. if you start from that space, it doesn't matter who you're looking to to be. That it is like guaranteed fail. So, do you feel like we're downtown Atlanta? So it's like cops and stuff. It's like. I, I'm about to move. And is, is, I am counting down my days. It's wild out here. It is wild. <laughs> um, Somebody was pleasuring himself in front of our door. Smoking crack. And smoking crack. This is not like a sketch comedy. <laughs> like that really happened and it's very heartbreaking and it's very alarming at the same time. And it's just like, not that I don't want to be around people in real life. It's just like, I don't want to go to catch my Uber and somebody's pleasuring themselves is just like no yeah. no thank you yeah. not a good morning Atlanta. very bad morning very nasty nasty Atlanta. nasty morning <laughs> but do you feel like for women who have let's say women have close uh male friendships mm-hmm. do you feel like that would make it harder or easier for them to choose uh, a, a male partner in the sense of like you know it could be harder if there's a lot of comparison going on. Like they have to sort of meet this standard or does it make it easier than not? I have a sort of standard to go by. I think it makes it harder in any relationship. Uh, I think we all choose based on what we're surrounded by. So I think our standards are heightened. If we, whether we grew up seeing, uh, you know, positive examples of, you know, relationships, or we just have bomb friends who treat us really well we just naturally expect that. Like, I just naturally expect a level of care and consideration and gentleness in my relationship because of my friends, right? Male or female, it's like the way people handle me is the way that I am going to expect whoever I'm with to handle me. And so it's just like, I think that help. Oh, I think that helps, but I also think you cannot expect. Um, the person that you are in a romantic relationship with to be your friends, you know, to be exactly like your friends. Yeah, I, see, yeah, I mean, I you saying. definitely got to be my friend, right? Right. But I think not like, the friends that you already have. Yeah, you're it's not just that like, same person. It's not. And I think that can be a, so from a male perspective. I can see that being like a pressure for if you're surrounded by dudes, especially, you know. You've got some pretty sharp dudes around as well, including your brother, um, and and then also people like Swoop KB, of course myself. You know, 
Uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to say nigga on the show because I need people not to think that I need uh, to get invited on something. But I'm saying, don't you think that like for some, I can see for dudes who want to approach a woman who has close male friendships, uh, one of two things can happen, or or both things can happen. One, they suspect something like, "Yo, are you hanging out with this dude?" Like I felt that once in my first like real relationship, she had a really close male friend. They were she wasn't on the phone with me; she was on the phone with old boy. Mm-hmm. And I could at the time could not wrap my mind around that situation. I just could like, and at the same time, I didn't suspect that what they were doing I anything. About? I didn't suspect they were doing anything. I just didn't like it. Like it's I ego. It's like if you ask them to talk about, talk about it to me. And I I felt some kind of way with that. But so I feel like on one side you can be suspecting that something's happening, but also you can be there can be an intimidation factor. Which I think can be a good thing, though. Absolutely. I, I don't... It, people, anybody that has looked to date me in the past, there is like a... And this is not even arrogant. There's just like criteria. It's just like legitimate criteria. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Like, I should have a standard, right, that I've set for myself, but it should have been influenced also by the positive relationships that I exist in before I'm with somebody, yeah. what you require and what you seek is is what you are used to. Yeah. Like if you got low standards, it's because people are really showing up for you in a low way, and you may not even know. Mm. And and, that, and and when I say that's okay, it's like we don't know until we know better, yeah. right? I remember the first time John, I was at John and Chandra's house. This was like probably ten years ago or something, and they were fighting. And uh, they're married, and they were fighting, and I was looking at John. He was, like, mad, and he was, like, walk, getting up. And I was like, man, y'all, don't get no divorce, y'all. They <laughs> was looking like, whoa, nigga, whoa. what? Like, this is a fight. This is about dinner. And it was in that moment where it was just like, I wasn't used to people fighting and not leaving. I wasn't used to people fighting and staying and talking and reconciling and owning up and taking responsibility. It was just like. Oh dang, y'all about to get divorced? Like, nah. they, yeah, and it was a heated argument. It wasn't even like crazy disrespectful or nothing. Like nobody was even cussing. Like wasn't even no cuss words or nothing. You just, you're just like, not used to disagreement. I was just like Whoa. not ending in separation. Yeah, and so that was the standard, right? For me, a healthy relationship included arguing and possibly leaving from time to time. Mm. Now it's like if we can't communicate and work through our differences in a respectful way. Um, without leaving, then that's probably not a person that I want to be with. You know what I'm saying? So when I say male and female should be friends more often, I still say it with some sense of um, caution Mm -hmm. because a lot of people can't are still trying to figure out how to navigate that space. And so when you become friends with some people, sometimes... Again, going in that expectation um, sort of side of things, there can be an expectation of like, oh, we're f- I've, I've felt that before from someone I'm just supposed mm-hmm. to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And then they, they sort of put these expectations as if I'm their boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I don't meet those expectations, very simple things too, like just very basic things like, they see me as a trash friend. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not a trash friend. I'm, I'm a, I'm a just a basic surface level <laughs> friend for you. I'm a bottom level but default. Because in your mind, we became in a relationship, 
I'm I'm a trash boyfriend. You want to call me a trash friend, but really, like, you really want to call me a, a trash boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, and in Europe, so that's like in trying to be in those platonic opposite sex relationships, you still have to navigate with some caution because some people come to the table with just different expectations. Man, even my homegirls, like I've had worse breakups with friends than I have with. You know, rom- in romantic spaces, like my friends, I get, I definitely get a friend text every two months where somebody's saying, hey, you did not show up for me like this. You are not sacrificing in a way that I feel is mutually beneficial. You are not paying enough attention to me, essentially is what they're saying. And it's just like, it is very hard to maintain friendships as an adult, um, especially when your friend's get married or they have kids just if I'm a free-flowing spirited person and I just just kind of move by the seat of my pants it's just like some of my friends I have to schedule out what friend time looks like and I think that's helpful because it's me being considerate to them but I think I do have a few friendships that I am learning to I don't know nurture um, in a way that's just not natural to me that's very hard but We've had to go through that too. Like, there's been, yeah. I think it's still continuing that, like, adjusting expectations. It's always kind of, you know, I think that's good for any relationship, whether it be business, whether it be um, romantic, friendship, whatever. Just every now and then using those sort of conflict moments to kind of, I don't want to say it this way, but like review the, the friendship mm-hmm. like parameters. Like, there's been some things that have been assumed that have not been mm-hmm. spoken about, mm-hmm. so let's let's speak about it now so we can kind of both be on the yeah. same page. And again, not in some kind of way of like, oh, you must have thought that yeah. I was da-da-da-da-da. That's not what it was. You know, it's like, oh, I see. This is where we sort of, we missed the mark for each other. We had a miscommunication because this is where I'm at in my life, and this mm-hmm. is, you know, this is what I had in yeah. mind for this friendship. And I think it takes maturity to realize that, like, people ain't God. So they're not omnipresent. They're not um, omnipotent. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the power, the resources, um, and the the ability to be in multiple places without being diminished. They they can only serve but so many people yeah. so much. So it's that and then... I think vulnerability. I yeah. think because for me, as a grown woman, to go to another grown woman or a male friend and say... I was really hurt by you not texting me back. It seemed like what I said to you wasn't important, and I felt like this is something that I wanted to be important to you, just as much as it's important to me. You are putting your whole self out there. There is a higher expectation that I have with my friends. You swoop. KB, Will, um, and I'm speaking specifically for my close male friends, John, um, my brothers. It's just, and even my female friends, it's just a higher level. It's just a different expectation. Like when my life crumbles, when when my life crumbles, um, you know, y'all are the ones getting the text. Y'all are the ones getting the tears. So it's just kind of like everybody else, I don't know. They're kind of peripheral. And I think a lot of times the people on the per- periphery, Periphery? That's the word. Peripheral. Yeah, like they're the ones for the most part complaining a lot of times. I realize it Mm -hmm. because I realize that I have to set intentional 
intentions around the energy that I give to my friendships. How do you tell somebody that they're not in that inner circle, though, when they've come to you with particular expectations and it's like, oh, I see that this I'm is I'm not going to lie to you. If anybody asks me now to be my friend, I literally say, I am a trash friend. I will be a trash friend to you because I value the friendships that I have right now so much. I know I do not have the capacity to be of any support. And I think, what is it? What does friendship mean for me? It looks very different than what friendship means for most people. Like some people are like, oh, I want to be your friend because you want to go to a bar taco and you want to get a couple of drinks or go to the movies or have fun. It's just like that. I'm not even that friend. I'm not even the like, go have fun friend. It's like, I have a weighty life. I have to have friends that can not hold it, but can navigate alongside of me in some very rough seasons that last a very long time sometimes. So it's like, you really just can't even just come and just be my friend. It's like, my friends done been through relapses and addictions and people killing themselves and, you know, me going crazy. It's just like, you can't just slide in and be like, yeah, we besties. It's like, no, you ain't even... You ain't even been through the seasons with me that I done been through. And so I think I just start off by saying, which is I think is a cop-out too, uh, because I don't want people to be disappointed. And I think I've disappointed a lot of people who wanted me to be closer um, than I was. And it just I think I've matured in a lot of ways. But well, I, You know, I imagine, like I think about it like with, uh, you had brought up Jesus earlier. I think about, you know, he has the 12 disciples and then like even within his 12, he has... Uh, the inner three, the people that kind of see the more intimate things that he does, the transfiguration, Garden of Gethsemane and all that. And I think about Jesus, perfect man, Mm -hmm. you know, perfectly in tune with the Father, got the best spiritual life that you can ever think of, realizes that in his humanity, doesn't have time for more than 12 people. And even within that 12, he only has like more time for three people. And I imagine that all these miracles and crazy teachings that Jesus is doing, like he's, you know, got masses following him, right? Mm-hmm. He's a very popular guy. I imagine there's a few people being like, yo, Jesus, like how can I be, I yeah. see you got these 12 dudes, but like yeah. I'm trying to listen, yeah. Yeah. you know, I've been I've been following you now for like six months yeah. now. I've been everywhere yeah. you go and I, I love what you do. I would love to be more in your in-group. I imagine we don't see it in, at least that I know of, we don't see it in scripture. We kind of do, but no explicit way of saying like, sorry, bro, I'm full. <laughs> I but I imagine that's, it had to happen. No, I think that's the hard part because I do meet a lot of people who just don't have friends. And I'm just saying like people don't really have friends. Adults do not have friends. And that is very sad and unfortunate. But I think you also don't want a sloppy, lazy friend. Right. If you want if you want a friend, you want a real friend who's going to have a bit of longevity and long suffering with you. And I I think people mistake like these transparent interactions for like intimacy. Right. So it's like you think about Jesus. Jesus is having transparent one on one tangible in your face interactions with people doing miracles. Right. You are healing people. That is very personal. That is very. Um, yeah, it, it's very sensitive, right? And it's yeah. like, even though that exchange was intimate, the relationship, I think, obviously with Jesus and, you know, the miracles that he's doing is for a greater purpose. But I'm just saying, I think in in our lives, 
we have these moments where somebody may share a story and be like, yo, I really connected with your music. I was going through the same thing. And we share this transparent interaction. Right. And in that moment, they long for that because they don't have it. And you desire to give it because you know what it felt like when you didn't have it. But you do not have the capacity to maintain intimacy with this person. You just do not have it. And it's not even just you being able to dump on them, but it's like you being able to offer them a place of safety. And that's, I think that's the other thing. People want to be friends because they just need, all right, some people need somebody to talk to and the stuff they need to talk to, the stuff they need to talk about is really more suitable for a counselor Mm -hmm. or a therapist, right? There's some things that your friends cannot work through for you. So it's also like you want somebody to talk to, you want somebody to understand, you want somebody to help you fix whatever's happening in you. And I think there's professional help for that, but at the end of the day, there's some things that, I cannot help my friends with. Yeah. It's just I can be a safe space and I can love on them. But the reality is it's like I don't have solutions. I don't know. I think people are often looking for solutions in people. I don't know, man. It's it's I feel bad. Like even now as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, damn, I hope don't nobody think that I'm talking about them in this space because there's a lot of people, there's a few people that came to mind when I thought about just how hard it's been for us to maintain our friendship. And how close we were at one point in time, I think it's also very hard to just understand that like some people will be in your life for for a season, and that's okay, and it doesn't minimize who they were and are to you. It's just that was the season, and your availability looks different, but the love doesn't change. People get upset for you for not being omnipresent, but like my my presence for you would be diminished if I tried to be that for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. And so you got to get that from somebody else. Like the way you yeah. want to be me to be there for you, I can only be there touch and go. I'd rather rather than you know giving, uh, let's say one percent of myself to a hundred people, mm-hmm. I'd rather give like. Like like twenty percent of myself to five people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and um and you may not be part of that five. Like and I and I that's not a diss to you. It's just uh, acknowledging. Yeah, yo, you can literally only be in one particular place and time mm-hmm. at a time. Like you 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 can't be more than that. And so I think it's just like not just grace, but it's just a realization of reality. Like for your like for yourself and for myself as well. Like. Don't beat yourself up. Um, talking to myself, like don't beat yourself up for not being there for everybody. But you should try to be there. Who you're gonna be there for? Oh yeah, be there for yeah. them. Like don't don't excuse yourself out of being yeah. present for other people. That's yeah, the convenience, the inconvenience of friendship. Sometimes, it, I mean, friendship is not convenient. Yeah, it's just it's 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 the most amazing one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Just having beautiful friendships. But it is very hard at times because it forces you to consider very simple truths, right? Consider somebody more than yourself. It's just like when you really have to do that, it is just inconvenient. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like I have to put something on the calendar and I have to actually show up even though I changed my mind and I just want to lay on the couch. I have to actually show up at dinner and I don't even want to eat dinner. I just (laughs) want to lay on the couch. (laughs) And and, But the other side of that is people should... I hope that I have friends that realize that too. Like 
Let's stop all this lying. So like, man, something came up. N- nothing came up. <laughs> your feet came up. You put your feet up on the couch. When's the last time you lied? When is the last time you lied about doing something? Dang. When was the last time? I- it probably was recently. I'm trying to think. I, you know, I've actually done a better job of just telling people, man, I'm, I'm just going to stay at the house. And I feel trash about that. I've, I have felt trash, but I, I got some friends in mind particularly, they've tried to reach out to me. I just flat out told them, I'm not going to lie to you, I've just felt like being at home. And and it's almost a test for those friends to see where their maturity level is at of like, oh, dang, you don't want to hang out with me. It has nothing against you. Like, I don't want to hang out with anybody right now. I want to yeah, be at home. Until people stop inviting you. Like, every time I look up and you're at places, I literally text you like, why didn't anybody invite me? Because they know you're not going to come. <laughs> that is not a reason to stop. To just yes, stop it is. I'm not going to keep inviting you. I'm going to come sometimes, but it's like don't. Fam, not invite on what me. time? No. People think how that many, I'm out of town. What is the threshold? No, no, what is the threshold? No, listen, this how I'm many saying, times should don't. I, Natalie? How many times should I invite you before not I say you? No, I'm, I'm saying when I say I, I'm just talking about generally speaking. How many times? Three, is some, easily three. I mean, you at least got to give me three invitations before you cut me off the invitation list. Like I see you somewhere every two weeks, every week, and I'm like. Me. And then I think some of it's not even invited. It's like, oh, let's go here. We're there and just kind of go. You just gotta be. You gotta be in the space. It's not even that I want to be there. It's just like you I want to get an invitation. That's your problem. Then no, I'm not gonna invite you. That's your problem, fam. What you just said? Don't stop inviting. That's reject. You small, just want small, no, I'm being honest. But I mean, what are we talking about here? That you, nobody wants to be. You want to be included. I am a human. But you don't want to. You're not being included. You want to be included in the invitation. That's totally different than being included in the actual event. <laughs> Two different things. Don't stop inviting me. All right, we're gonna, are you gonna come? We invite you. Well, I don't want to no, actually I, be there. I, I, I just want to know that you wanted me there. No, I think you you do want to maintain, like you want to maintain a priority to other people, but you don't actually want to make them a priority. Meaning, not you, but what I've no, learned is like I want to always feel like, oh yeah, they gonna call me. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get invited to the trip. I'm gonna get invited to the party. You know, but I am not doing anything to maintain the that level comes with of priority. Being present. I learned yeah. that when I, when I when I traveled a lot out in 2018, like I noticed that, and I might even make that part of the intro for this joint. I noticed that everything was prefaced with, "Hey, are you in town this week?" It was never, "Hey, yo, we going to X Y Z?" You know, on Friday, slide through. It was before they even invite me to anything. Which also always gave me an out, too, because they'd be like, yo, are you in town this week? I'm like, wow, what's up? And then if I don't want to go, I'm like, uh, you know what? I, let's see. I might be, but trash. I know I know it's trash. But it came from when people, you set an expectation for how present you are, and they start realizing, like, oh, he's not really here, so I'm just going to stop inviting. There are a few people that keep inviting me, and it's like, you almost not feel guilty, but it's like, man, one, you appreciate it, but then two, it's like, man, I actually need to show up one of these times, because... They keep inviting me despite all the times I've said, sorry, I'm out of town. But they really want me there. But that, but they, that, those invitations, they have to be met with some type of like presence. Like they assume that you're going to be there. If they don't assume that I'm going to be there, not even just at their event, just in but town. But if I say, man, I'm sorry I can't make it and I couldn't make it three times, then now they're taking me off the list. Yeah. You just said three. You, that was your threshold. I just was you saying You arbitrary. You just made it. I didn't have a number. I'm just saying, like, three sounds. What you want is an infinite invitation is what you want. Yes.
real friends do not walk away. And it's like, that's what we want at the heart of it is like, I want somebody that I know will not walk away. And for me, if I think about the last two years of my life, it's like, oh, I needed some for real friends who was not walking away. They weren't calling me and being mad because I didn't show up at the movies. It's like, no, I just need y'all to, to be present. You don't even got to say nothing. I just need to know that there is something stable and tangible right now on the days where I don't even feel like God is tangible, right? Like I think you and the swoops and caress and Will and Jasmine and KB and John and Chandra, you know, whoever else, Andre and John is like a whole list. And I start thinking about all these people mm. at the end of the day. Um, I just need to know that there's somebody there when I get home. And when I say home, not my physical house, but home back to myself, I need to know that there will be somebody still there because I am going to probably make a lot of poor decisions, irrational decisions, do all kinds of things. And it's just like, you want somebody there saying, I love you and I really don't even understand, but I am here and I will always be here. Do you feel like I've been that? Yeah. I think I've laid some pretty crazy things on you. Yeah. Um, and I think we've had some very hard moments. I just think about a moment we had in your kitchen. I don't know if I should. We were in the kitchen. We were in the kitchen. And that was probably the lowest I had ever seen you. And it wasn't anything that I could actually say. It was just I knew I needed to sit there. And I needed to just be whatever you needed me to be in that moment. Whether that was just a person to talk to. A hug, a prayer, whatever. It was just like, I'm just here. I am here. If you fall apart, I am here. And if you just want to stand here and not say nothing, I'm here. And I think it's been in the reverse. Like me calling and saying, I mean, I think uh, me, me, I think we were at church and I said, um, my uncle killed himself last night. And I just broke into your arms and it was just like, it wasn't nothing to say. It was just, you being there and it's like those are the moments for me that not matter most but really matter because it's also the lighter moments that I love but it's I can follow I need to be able to all the way come undone meaning I've been like yo Joe I don't know if I believe this I don't know if I believe the bible I don't know if I you know I've had seasons where I just like I don't know shit I don't know nothing and I feel like you've you've handled it with grace and I think you know I have, I have, I would not have survived the last two years without my friends. I do not know what I would have done. Like, literally, my friends have saved me. And when I say that, I think they were tangible expressions of God. And when I could not, when I did not feel like I could get through to God or God was actually getting through to me, he was through my friends. And I just overlooked that. Because he was very much present in my friends. The level of grace, compassion, gentleness, right, kindness, the things that are the fruit of the Spirit— are only by way of the spirit. And so if someone is showing me compassion and love and kindness and gentleness, right? That is a fruit of the spirit that only comes from God. Yeah, it was that Sunday we had PIA. You were, uh, we had two nights in Atlanta. That's what it was. That's where find it came from. me. They find me. So we were we were. I could not think. I'm like. So in Atlanta, we had two nights in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Saturday, you were supposed to come to the Saturday night show, and you text me randomly like, "Yo, I'm not gonna be able to make it." And I'm like, "Why 
gosh, you can't make it. And I just like let it go and I was like, whatever. And I didn't I didn't know the next day. Um, right after church, I walk up to I said some kind of joke or whatever, and I didn't even like have a the time to even realize your face. Mm-hmm. And I saw I, as soon as I saw like, yo, what's up? It's like my uncle killed himself last night. And I just like yeah. I just grabbed you and we just sat down. Yeah. And yeah, we just sat there. And so um even still you decided to come out to the show that night and as we were praying I, we were in Atlanta sold out 1500 mm-hmm. seater and I felt like the room went empty as I was praying and it really was just me and you in the room and yeah. I was praying for you and I did like you said I didn't like there's times we don't have the answers like I don't know what to say and and even in the same way you said like when God shows up through people like I felt like in that time, like that line came, I said, God, you, I don't, sometimes we feel lost and I'm just, I'm like grieving. I'm crying. I'm grieving yeah. with you because I, I knew the heaviness that you brought into that space that night. And I said, you always find a way to find yeah. us. Even when we can't find our way, you always find a way to find us. And the dope thing is, even though, even though it was a sad moment, it was a happy moment too. Cause in my brain, I was like, Nat said that's Yo, the song. I do- got off the stage. <laughs> and I knew you was gonna say I was that. Like, that's the song. That is the line. But you know it because yeah. it connects. It wasn't because it was the greatest lyric ever. It's because it came from God and it was real and it connected. Yeah. And you can't conjure that up. That yeah. don't come from writing practice. That is like drop down from God from heaven. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like even as we worked on the record, yeah, that that's probably one of my that's probably my favorite record. Well, that wraps it up for episode four of the Flights and Feelings podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with a good friend of mine. And thank you all for your patience. I know that episode did not come out last week. A lot was happening. And yeah, I'm not going to rush this thing. I I want this to exist long term. So I'm going to try to stick to schedule as much as possible. But at the same time, I want these things to exist for a long time. And so I'm not just thinking about the weekly, but down the line for people to refer back to. And I love y'all so much. And you could be going anywhere in the world with anybody else, but you're right here. So thank you for choosing the Flights and Feelings podcast. Remember to always fly home. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.